Good morning, comrades. You're listening to Good Morning Comrade, goodmorningcomrade.com. Today on the show, we have uh, Jeff and the return of Robert. What's going on, Robert? Hey, how's it going? So I'm back from the walking wounded. I just got over COVID. I yeah. caught, a, caught a sweet case of COVID. It's, it, it's really bad, but uh, I have a lot of COVID stories and um, late stage capitalism. So I'm looking forward to uh, get into those later. Hell yeah. And um, I mean, not hell yeah, you got COVID. I'm not trying to say that, but you know what I mean? Uh, and But it's good to have you back. And then we have uh, first time guest on the show. A long time coming on this one. Megan Romer, what is up? Hi, thanks for having me. Coming to you live via satellite uh, from sa- sli- from up Slidell, Lafayette, Louisiana. Same difference. Yeah, it, it, yeah Lafayette <laughs> is kind of a Slidell. I never, you know, a, like I don't know, the North Shore and Lafayette kind of like like work together in my mind. Yeah, they do, the, in mine also. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, they're very similar in a lot of ways. Does yeah. anybody else? This is like very New Orleans specific. Does anybody else find it like really weird? Like the only way to get to the North Shore is the either the train or the Pontchartrain um, Causeway. Like the other way, like like there's no other. Like if anybody, for everybody who doesn't live in Louisiana and listen to the show, like we have train which separates like the north and south of Louisiana, but it's it's I think it's technically a sea. Like you can't you can't even. It's an estuary. Yeah, like it's so vast. It's like it's huge. And I find it just incredibly weird that there's just for this, there's these two weird bridges that go. They feel like there'd be more bridges. There's only these two weird bridges that get across all, all the way around the lake. Uh-huh. And like the, the one bridge is like in the dead center of the lake. Yeah. It's the longest it bridge. It cuts it in half. Yes, yeah, the longest continuous. It's like such weird engineering. And there used to be a time where it was like one lane. I mean, like it was like one lane cut in half, so it was like one lane coming, one two-way traffic. That's so terrible. Like I see pictures of that, and I'm just like, holy god. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's weird. I, it's just it's so. It's just like weird engineering. I don't know. Yeah, I hear you, brother. I hear you. So so, uh, what's going on up in uh, in Old Laffy right now? I know that there's some. Uh, I don't know. Like, what's going on up there? Uh. Other than just massive quantities of COVID, um, yeah, I mean that's something absurd. Yeah, I mean it's just I think there are like, uh, I think I read today it was either twelve or fourteen ICU beds left in our district. Like oh, a whole, six six hundred thousand people. There, mm. there are a dozen ICU beds left. Uh huh. Um, so not which, great. COVID is back not, with a vengeance. Not great. COVID never really left here, but we just sort of <laughs> pretended it did. That yeah. was the kind of uh, general strategy. Uh, you had to, to open the schools and make all the people go back to work. That's oh what you God. had to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have um, we have possibly, I know everybody thinks this, but it's really true for us. It's sort of like everybody thinks their kids are the coolest or the smartest or whatever, but our mayor really is the worst. Oh, in, God. In That's the, the guy that I wanted to talk about. Uh, yeah, what's yeah. his name? Josh Guillory. Yeah, let's talk about Josh Guillory. So oh, who God. is Josh Guillory? <laughs> well, he's this guy. No, he's this um sort of he was one of those kind of like permanent candidates. Like he this guy obviously wanted 
to hold office. He he has said out loud that it is like his destiny. He's meant to hold office. Oh yeah, um, God told him to do it or something. Yeah, yeah. Remember, remember when Beto said something like that? Like I was born to be in this. Yeah, he, he totally. It was the same exact vibe. Like he, this guy is sure that his purpose, his calling, is to be a politician. So mm-hmm. he actually um, first kind of burst on the scene in a really public way um in i think it was 2014 or 2015 as a lawyer um working for a couple who i'm tr- i'm trying to remember when was the supreme court case where gay marriage became legal uh that was, that was in probably 15 it was like 2012 2013 like it okay, was like so, like not right it, i mean it's obviously like not very long ago but like around yeah, a decade yeah, it's or so, so weird i have like no idea decade, really. how long anything is mm-hmm. so it's 2015 oh, 2015 you nailed it yeah okay so uh, i was it. i was so i think he first came at, uh on the scene in like 2014 as the lawyer representing um two women who wanted to share custody of their children and they went all the way to the supreme court and somehow this guy who is like a relatively incompetent family law guy took it to the supreme court and won um and it was sort of a quiet case it was like highly specific things were decided it wasn't landmark enough to Mm -hmm. to change law or anything but um but it kind of made him well-known-ish in the local legal community, though mostly, as I understand it, people being like, how? He's a <laughs> So, which is impressive, because the Lafayette legal community is not exactly a brain trust overall. Yeah. I mean, it's just, like, if you're, a, if you're a really hotshot lawyer, you go to New Orleans in Louisiana, you don't hang around Lafayette and do criminal law. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so then, in 2000. 18 he shows up as a challenger from the left for clay higgins running for congress and he came and he did talks at democratic women's clubs and all these things saying like i don't like trump i'm i was never here for this i'm and clay higgins is very very bad clay higgins is is literally the worst he's like if yosemite sam was uh if he ran for uh if he ran for that u.s house senate uh, house uh, of representatives totally no he's like he's like uh a sentient uh comment section from (laughs) (laughs) noble.com back in the day (laughs) totally totally no he totally is so uh i was gonna say like stormfront yeah (laughs) what's the difference (laughs) exactly so clay higgins who is ultra ultra right wing and also like has a weird thing where he's like just literate enough to sort of sound he has a he has a thing like he's like he presents himself as this like uh like motorcycle poet or something like (laughs) i don't know how to describe it or something he's got like uh, I don't know. Anyway, so he has a thing, and it, when, when he writes his his long creeds, he writes them in this weird poetic form. He's so Un- unbearable. Oh, unbearable! Man. It's just it's so bad. So Josh Guillory comes out as like you know Clay Higgins. He's obviously n- incompetent. I am the uh, you know suit Republican mm-hmm. like you always wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and respectable. Of he, he's like a never Trump kind of guy. Totally. So he ran 
and lost badly. He got 10% of the vote or something. Mm-hmm. But there was this whole thing where his campaign manager was, at the time, Rudy Giuliani's girlfriend. <laughs> what? No, it gets, it's like the layers of madness Amazing. Are, so, so Rudy came and did a fundraiser for him in Lafayette a couple summers ago. Um, now, word on the street is that there was a whole scandal in his campaign office, that the affairs were had, and uh, and drama was took took place, and everyone hated each other, and so um, the campaign kind of imploded. Uh, which that's, I think that's just maybe what they say to explain why they did so poorly. Yeah. But Trump endorsed Higgins. Giuliani endorsed Josh Guillory. Damn. which was a weird like what are they not friends this week yeah thinking anyway. about that this that now is so strange so bizarre <laughs> so that's what happened there so then he lost and then he ran for a judgeship of some sort and he lost that um and then so it was last summer not this past summer the summer before that um there was a woman who was running for mayor. She was running as a no party candidate with significant backing from people on both sides of the aisle. She's total like, you know, the, the running joke was that she's Leslie Nope. She's like a hardcore technocrat, very sort of pro business. I wouldn't really call her a liberal, but really more of a kind of heavily locally focused type. Was she a Democrat or a Republican? She did not run. Oh, no party. You said no party. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't. And she had, she's above party politics. Yeah, they totally. And that was a whole thing. But it was also like, you know, she uh, I don't know if she said it, but definitely people around her were like, she can't run as a Democrat because she wouldn't win. Yeah, because it's Lafayette. So she's running as no party. Um, so and then a bunch of like ultra right wingers ran against her. And then suddenly up pops Josh Guillory again. And it was like, obviously, he's are all just going to eat each other. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, obviously this woman is by far the most qualified. She is as competent a mayor mayoral candidate as one could have. She's so this is like fine. the shadow, like the shadow, like last season of Parks and Rec is what happened it here. Exactly <laughs> is. And he won. It went into a runoff and then he won. And there was dark money and there was um right in the middle of it, which may actually be sort of interesting for New Orleans listeners, there was a library thing where they were trying to um cut a library millage. And this, yeah, there's, I think Alec or somebody has a, like, the playbook on libraries. Yeah. Yeah. So go for the libraries because you can go for the libraries and you can attack them for having like gay books or drag queen story time Mm -hmm. or whatever, like terrible liberal, uh, you know, the affront affront to God. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's in the book. And people will fall for that shit. And you'll also, you know, people... Um, like wealthier white people are like, who uses libraries anymore? Yeah, I, have um, we, I just buy all of my two books a year that I read mm. at uh, at Amazon or mm-hmm. Barnes and Noble. So anyway, so this thing happened with the library. They built up this huge mailing list and this huge Facebook presence with, I think, Koch Brothers money of some sort. It was all dark. Nobody exactly knows where they got the money from. But then they had this machine all of a sudden out of nowhere where they could just do whatever they wanted. And 
it makes me so mad because I'm like, why have we not done that on the left? Like, why don't we just like pick a stupid pet issue and build giant Facebook presences? Because apparently you can win stuff that way. Yeah, and that's you all you money, had to though. do. Yeah, you do. You do need money. And then they did actually turn it into like physical mailing lists and yeah. somehow got people. What? Um, and you know they have people like doing it all day every day, and yeah. you run Facebook ads, and you have actual staff and. So, but they did it and it was successful. And then they got Josh Guillory, who is absolutely the most incompetent person I think I've ever had um, be my representative of any kind. Mm -hmm. And I've had people like Clay Higgins and Bobby Jindal be my representatives of various kinds. Mm -hmm. So Josh Guillory is just absolutely, it totally is like, you just gave some random teenager the keys and we're like, go do it. Yeah, he's kind of got like a real frat boy vibe about him. Like, like Super one of the things that I noticed, because I talked a little bit about this with Jamal Taylor when he came on the show a couple of mm -hmm. months ago, is that he kind of just like, he kind of like has this attitude where like he'll go around and like not wearing masks or whatever and just pretend no all of the rules like just don't apply to him at all. They don't. Um, yeah. I remember when the uh, Trayford Pellerin thing happened, he was like extremely indignant and like broke up like huge protests and things like that. And essentially just like sicked cops on people. Like totally. <laughs> totally. And and he, I mean, he sicked cops on like, okay, I, I never want to say like it was a peaceful protest, therefore. Yes. But it was like, it, right. It does. And it doesn't yeah. matter. Even if it's not peaceful, the cops Correct. still don't get to shoot tear gas at people, whatever. Yeah, that ain't but, peaceful. <laughs> but right. But these protests were straight up like moms with babies in strollers walking down the street. Like it was like not just peaceful. It was like mm -hmm. ultra chill protests. Um, no indication of any violence being planned or happening. Mm -hmm. um, so or any property damage of any kind. I yeah. think possibly a road was blocked at some point. Yeah. Who cares? But anyhow. So, yeah, Josh has a way of throwing matches on the flames. Mm -hmm. And, but just like anytime something happens, whatever it is, like, oh, it's going to flood. Oh, it's going to be a hurricane. It's like, okay, now just think of the worst answer and Josh Guillory's going to do it. And then he does every time. Incredible. <laughs> I love every it. time. <laughs> it's like even most Republicans aren't this just straight up bad at their job. Uh huh. Like, he's just not even good at it. He's not even good at being a Republican. Mm -hmm. He's just bad. So anyway, One of the I know. And, and part of the times, like sometimes I want to criticize him and I'm like, don't you know the right conservative thing is? Yeah. <laughs> at least like, like, <laughs> like you're not even doing it well, right. And the other thing that they, that like, cause when I see this guy, like there is a very, like, I act like I, I actually like he, he's kind of got that Democrat, like tin ear where he just like seems like he's a Martian and doesn't know how to talk to anybody. Like he can't even like <laughs> fake empathy. He just has like the terrible, like horrible austerity to Republican policies and none of the like things that people claim to like about him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he's got that like Matt Gatesy kind of thing where yeah. it's like, you're like, what even are what? you? Yeah. I why can't... nobody likes you? <laughs> I can't identify your genre of person because it's not, quite good enough at anything to like like frat boys are supposed to be fun so he's got like the <laughs> yeah he's thing, not even a good like, frat boy any of the fun like you would you never go even... to a kegger right you could like picture him like not knowing how to play beer pong mm -hmm. oh, incredible <laughs> actually throw the like... little 
golf balls, Josh. And he'd be like, I don't know how to throw a golf Josh. ball. And his name's Josh. I mean, you I mean, can't elect people named Josh. I, I know some great guys named Josh, but he he, he looks like a Josh. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a very Josh vibe about him. He's strong. He, he's a full Josh. Yeah, total. Like like Josh to the max. Uh, you know what? One of the things you brought up is that sort of like weird thing in Louisiana where like, I don't know if it's like that anywhere else, but maybe I'm wrong. But like people like essentially like the Democratic Party here is a mess and we can get into that in a minute. But like so many people, especially for like local office, and I don't know if this is the case in other states, run on as like no party. And and like like that's got to be like different than other places. Right. You know that? I mean, I think so. Like, I've only really lived as a voting person in New York State um, mm -hmm. and Louisiana. But in New York State, you either are a party or the other party. Yeah. <laughs> total number of things. Uh, but, like, there's, there's not... so many no-party people here. It's, it's, it ha it's bizarre. I mean, I wonder if it's, like, if part of it's that thing, like, you know, uh, Republicans can't win in New Orleans, so they run as no party. And Democrats can't win here, so they run as no party. Mm -hmm. But also, maybe it's the jungle primary thing. Like, yeah, that's what I think it kind of is. You don't really have, have like to. A... You don't have to get in a party primary because who cares? Yeah, I don't know. It it, it really does kind of like because like even also... people. God, they had a. I think he was a no party guy. I'm from Chalmette, right? But they had a guy, and he was like basically doing the Trump thing when he ran for like parish president a couple years ago, and he literally had like a make Saint Bernard great again hat, and I think, nice. which is amazing. That's just incredible. But like, nice. I, I he, I think he ran as no party, <laughs> which is just like. <laughs> I mean, I also wonder. Like, I think the parties you have to give them three hundred bucks or something to run. Oh, to be on their ticket. To be on their ticket. Also, I forgot to mention that when Josh Guillory ran for mayor in the year and a half that ensued, I don't even think it was that long, between him running for Congress to the left of Clay Higgins, he became a full-on Trumper and yeah. was like, what are you talking about? I was never a Trumper. And we're like, there's video. Yeah. And he's like, no, that never happened. That was not a thing. Yeah. I was hanging out with Rudy Giuliani, man. They're best buds. My BFF Rudes. <laughs> the, um... I was talking about this a little bit earlier, and maybe we can. Uh, you were a part of the DSA New Orleans election night coverage, which was like, was. it feels like it was a hundred years ago, and it like so totally much crap was. has happened since then. And God. I don't know, like, like what's your sort of like feeling and take on all of this kind of like crazy business? Because I have a, uh, I have a thought on it, um, but I just kind of uh, like want to. I, I it's so much spectacle, right? Yeah, but at the same time, very anticlimactic. It's like, yeah, we. I mean, part of it is with that sort of heinously slow uh, confirmation of all the elections, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. But it it was sort of like, yeah, we we know though. We are we know. Mm -hmm. It's like Georgia's official. Like, yeah, but we we okay. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, but this is unprecedented because you've never had you've never had a president. Um, at least, you know, as, uh, in our lifetimes. And then I'm trying to remember historically, you've never had a president, like, um, debate, not debate, but um, discard, I guess I should say, like, or question 
the um the results of an election of not just an election but just like the like individual states like there's bush v gore and that was 500 votes and even al gore was just like well we'll just see how it turns out but you never had a president to say nope 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 we're not accepting this so that's why it's like it feels like the process has always been it's always been you know like you hear like QAnon people are like on always online you know um the media doesn't doesn't decide elections. The electoral college does. Well, yeah, that's but that's always been true. Like the media has never decided an election. Right. They just call the election. This is our normal process. We've just never had a president like this. Before. Yeah, and like the crazy thing for me, because I was talking about this like before we got on air. Like I watched some of this press conference that like a lot of these like Sidney Powell and Mike Flynn and all these psychos uh, who are like basically doing the whole stop the steal thing. <laughs> it's just like, they are just rolling out like one thing after another, just completely and utterly baseless claims. And I'm not like, like trying to like Cape for Joe Biden here or anything like, no. like that's not, the, that's not the point, but like the, 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 the fact that they're just kind of like rolling out there just saying a bunch of stuff and expecting people to believe it is literally like like it's got the potential to actually incite violence <laughs> it does and but that's their only plan right like there's no other the the trump administration is much too incompetent to like stage a we're not leaving coup like they're mm -hmm. too they can't do stuff like they can't mm -hmm. actually do stuff or they can't I mean, they were out there talking about, like, we're going to go to the Supreme Court. It's like, that's not how it works. You don't <laughs> go to the Supreme Court. Like, what, are you just going to knock on the door? Like, that's not a thing. Yeah, here's um, our, here's our like, legal statements and complaints all misspelled and stuff, you know? <laughs> right, right. Got to Martin Luther it and just, like, nail it to the yeah. front door. Here's our 95 complaints, and Ugh. we're very mad. Um, uh, he so did that speech thing today, too, where he just kind of, like, he basically said all the same crap you know, on a national audience. Well, for me, it's like, like, I mean, besides Bernie Sanders, like winning the primary, then winning, you know, 50 states and becoming, you know, president by 100% of the vote and winning every electoral college vote. Like this to me, uh, for me personally, is the best case scenario because a lot of the things that like I, I want to see happen for either like a strategic level or just, straight up like schrottenfoid like entertainment like i want to watch oh it's it. definitely the most entertaining it's definitely happening like the like the thing that the thing that's i'm most surprised about happening is that like the the left is not going away um people aren't just like going to sleep like i expected them to um you've got the democratic party in like a soft like kind of civil war right now where you've got aoc and joe manchin like going right at each other and and joe biden hasn't even been sworn in yet you know, um, you've got people giving, you know, uh, cabinet positions, um, uh, like, um, who am I thinking of? Cedric Richmond. Like, he's getting all kinds of heat. Like, you know, like, Neera Tandon's getting, uh, is getting tapped to be in the administration. And everybody's Neera up Tandon. in arms about that. It's just like, I expected to be, like, very cynically for people to be like, well, Trump's lost. We can all go back to brunch now. And that doesn't seem like it's happening, which is great. And on the other side, like, so we've got a soft civil war in the Democratic Party. We've got, hopefully, a, just a full break. I'm hoping for a full, I don't want to use the word dirty break, because I think that means something else, but just a full fracturing of the Republican Party. You mean Democratic now, Party? No, the Republican Party. Oh, okay. 
Like the Republican Party, I hope what happens is they fracture and break beyond repair. Like we, we've been talking about a third party. Now. We've been talking about a third party in this country for so long. I hope that I mean, if we can't get it done, an effective third party on this side, let them let them fight over votes. You know, you've got let them break and fracture and um, dilute their own voting base. Because you've got, you know, people saying, you know, Fox is now like the liberal media. And I'm like, yes, please fight. Like, keep going, keep going. You've got, you've got openly, you've got people saying, um, don't vote in, in, don't vote in the prime and not the primary, but in the Senate runoff in Georgia, because Georgia is not, the Republican party is not showing up for Trump. So why should we show up for the Republican party? I'm like, yes, exactly. (laughs) I'm like, please do. But I'm being like, I I know it's like funny because I want to see them crash and burn and and fail, but it's also logical because, okay, if you're one of these people, and this is why I think that my wildest fantasies will not come true is because people who are on on the right wing, all they care about is authoritarianism and they don't care how they get it. Um, Oh, and they like to win too. Yeah, they have no principles. They have no, there's no consistent logic, but what's happening right now before what I'm enjoying right now is like some of these people are following their own internal logic and they're following it correctly. What I mean by that is, so if you're a QAnon dude, right. And you're like, Oh, the storm is coming. I'm waiting on the storm. Donald Trump is God King. And this election was stolen. Well, by God, if you live in Georgia, you can't turn around and then go vote for Senate. Stay home. What are you doing? And if you do, or if you are like, Oh, we've, Democratic Party uh, doesn't doesn't take the Senate, so I'm going to go vote. Well, then, why do you have why do you have uh, faith in the system there? But you're going to sit here and tell me you didn't have faith in the in the in the presidential race. I don't understand. So at least some of these people are being logically consistent. I hope it's enough that they stay home and don't vote uh, for a very long period of time. Yeah, I, I hope I, if we can just have an internal civil war on the on the democratic side so we can like here and get our and not worry about like the republican party because they're just completely fractured for at least a good eight years that would be yeah i i i don't know if they're gonna follow the logically consistent thing though like when have they ever done when has that ever happened when has there ever been like a like a like a logically consistent thought that's gone through when i mean you said it's on like yourself on the show like so many times that these people like always fall in line at the end of the day they yeah, always they, they always snap and they're gonna do all of their like clown stuff like forever and ever amen but like when it comes time to like like vote for some you know kelly loffler who's like one of the most like odious yeah. people like the richest person in the senate <laughs> who like literally like like sold covid like like sold stock based off of covid information like like they would rather have her because she has like a a bad like their position on abortion because they hate women's bodily autonomy and they would like you know walk through a volcano you know to do it when i don't know i just don't i don't i don't see that logical like uh that that logical thing continue what do you think megan Yeah, no, I think that is absolutely what they're gonna do. They're gonna they're gonna stomp their feet and they're gonna have temper tantrums. Yeah, they throw fits all day. We're not voting. We're not voting, and then they all show up and vote, and that's that's how they 
Yeah, you guys are 100 percent right. I just want to. I just want to dream my dream for a little while longer. Sorry yeah, to no, crush I your dreams, Robert. I do think that there. Um, I I don't know. I really think that. I always thought that the break was going to be a, a left party split off, mm-hmm. like you said. Like I think we all thought this, but I really am starting to wonder if like a Lincoln part, Lincoln Project party is going to be what it's oh, no. splitting off, and it's going to be like some center party and you know the worst kind of um, you know neo Bill Crystal and like Neera Tandon like like partnership. Yeah, 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 <laughs> totally. I mean, that's that's the most logical thing, and actually the thing that would potentially do the least uh harm to us other than the fact that they have the money mm-hmm. um but like it, that's so easy to organize against mm-hmm. because, because they don't have a constituency nothing. like they'll they, right there are no people and also that it just isn't anything mm-hmm. like neoliberalism is not anything no not it's anything like that... it's like we'll never ever like it's it's an actual admission like they they'll they'll they'll, they'll, they'll re- throw around like all this language about like especially like modern like neoliberalism the way it kind of like works now is they'll talk about all of this like oh we'll manage things effectively so it'll cost us less so we don't so we can cut taxes and do get more out of it. So you're essentially just right, throttling right. every public service that you have. You're you're basically taking every public resource that you have. You're you're cutting it, and you're just like putting your foot on its neck and trying right. to like say, right. do better, do do, do more right. with less. Right, and and it'll become this sort of like their arguments will be those sort of you know neoliberal versus neoconservative arguments, which mm-hmm. just basically means like. Okay, we want to privatize things, and then we're just going to bicker slightly about how much we tax those privatized yeah, things. Fiddle in and the that's margins. the argument. But and no one cares about that. Nobody no cares about that human bre- being with like a functioning central nervous system cares <laughs> about the corporate tax rate. Yeah, it's angels <laughs> dancing on the head of a pin, as Matt Crispin would say. I have to disagree with that because the only reason why I think I think you should have put the word "should" care about that. People will pretend people not pretend, but they will on a surface level care about it because they think that one day they're going to be a part of the club or they think they're in the club or they think it makes them sound smart. I, how many right wingers I've run into that want to tell me about like the stock market, you know, and tell me about how great capitalism and is and they hold no capital. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just like, what are you even talking about? You're taught. You're you're talking about like we're down here playing basketball, and you're talking about what the game, the football game score is. Like you're talking about something you have no like you have no stake in. So like, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah, though I but, think yeah, a lot that, of that is them um, not having an alternative. Like, I, I don't know that a lot of people have been presented with a reasonable alternative, um, sure. because we're not great at that. No, I mean, politics that's... are not material right now at all. Right, right. So it's like all right, well, if I can't, like, have myself taken care of or do things that actually benefit me, then I guess I'll at least feel good about being smarter than everybody else. Yeah. So I'm a libertarian. Or, yeah. or oh, they're coming back, oh, 100%. Oh, God. Libertarians are back, baby. Oh. Alpha males are back. <laughs> look, look for that. That is coming to, because all the libertarians just turned into Nazis, and now the not being a Nazi is not going to be cool anymore. They're just going right. to go back to libertarianism. Nazis are lame, I agree. I'm anti-Nazi myself. Yeah, they're they're, not, they're just a bunch of losers. Is really what the thing is. Um, I do think though, like um, like the, uh, to to pre- push on the uh, um, like politics aren't material thing. 
Like, so, like, when you've taken everything off of the table, what are you left with are essentially, like, cultural issues and essentially, like, all of the issues that have divided, you know, American working class, like, into these little discrete groups, right? That's why, I mean, like, I mean, like, the most material issues are, like, I don't know, like, like, what, what would they even be, like, on the table in American politics? I mean, like... What do you think? I mean, as close as it gets is like Obamacare, right? Like, yeah. And that's, that's just is... neoliberal fucking that's neoliberal fucking healthcare. Right, right. I mean it's that's that is as close to I can't I mean, what else is there? I mean there are so many material things that we need. Mm-hmm. We need COVID relief. We need Definitely. Uh, jobs. Nobody has any jobs. Like there are no jobs for people. Yeah. Um. You know, they love to accuse socialists of being the ones who don't want to work, and it's like, all right, that is a made-up thing. For the of all, people but... that do work, like, like we do all, like working people do all right. the fucking work in this country. All of it, and uh, and want. I mean, the entire socialist project is based on uh, <laughs> a a framework that centers working people and their jobs and the work they do and what they produce so yeah so i think you know as people start to understand that i don't know you always hope for more you hope hope for more and it's like it's so easy to just be racist like that's the thing that they count on just be racist because there's nothing else nobody else is being offered anything so we just have a fight over who's racist and who's a little less racist. Yeah, and I mean, you just get to like feel good about either like being the good person who who like put forward like who who kind of like displays the good virtues, or the person that's like hedonistically like saying I hate these that and the other all the groups that aren't me, you know. And it's not like it's not. I mean. It really isn't like it's nothing. Like it really does matter that we got gay marriage legalized. Yeah, totally. Like, those things materially matter. It's just like that's it. That's all you can get for us. Like we don't have to be satisfied with just that. We can mm-hmm. have like gay marriage and also gay healthcare and gay, uh, <laughs> well, schools gay. for well, children just, of gay well, couples I was, that I are good. Actually, and... <laughs> I was actually thinking of this um, kind of on the way uh, on the way home from work today. Because I was thinking about the the ridiculous fucking argument of um, it's not fair that if if people have student loan um, debt forgiveness, it's not fair because other people have paid off their student loans, and it's just like the fuck the fuck do you think a society is like the people who think like that? And I think it, it this has to do more more with politics. It has to really kind of do with this is so to kind of change the like what is the meaning of life and and really what we don't educate people or teach children or whatever you want to say is like the meaning of life in our society is to leave leave the world we have such a short time here and it's not just to get 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 it's to leave the world in a better place than like how you found it so so like there's that proverb of you know society isn't great until old men plant trees that they know they'll never sit in the shade of. And so the idea of like, like you said, Oh, this is all we can get. Like, no, like, like we are not locked into history. Like we are not going to live forever. So we need to like push forward. And even, even if we're pushing for things, we're never going to see. 
Like that's that's how civilization works. I don't. I just don't understand why more people don't. Uh, people think they're gonna live forever. Oh. People think like you know because you walked both ways mm-hmm. uh, um, in the snow to school, then then that's just the way it should be for all time. Like mm-hmm. that's that's not how society has ever worked. Except now in like my lifetime, it's like that's the kind of attitude like I have to combat from like the man on the street. It's so weird. Yeah. Well- yeah, and I think the uh, the debt hawkery has become has has filled the gap of of you know build something great for you know let's let's build a great educational system so that our kids and for people who do not have children they still benefit from having a great education system mm-hmm. um, because that's society like we're all better off when there are kids who grow up to become doctors and you can't grow up to become a doctor if you don't absolutely learn something um so but i think this like debt we've and I think the debt hawk thing is was a choice. I mean, I, I think that the Koch oh, brothers yeah. literally funded um, what's his name? There's that economist. He has the same name as a president, and I'm trying to remember which president. <laughs> uh, he was from the University of Virginia economics department, and he like rewrote. He he basically invented like he was from the Milton Friedman school, but then he invented his own new thing, which was like libertarian debt hawkishness. And anyway, but there there's it's a thing and they mm-hmm. it was intentional to be like you debt is real and it's a real thing and, it's moral. and you have to believe in it yeah and your children are gonna pay and it's like none of that is real it's all made up yeah if we're like there's no debt anymore that can be a thing it can a hundred percent be a thing and if it makes inflation exist a little bit just tax rich people a little bit more next year yeah there you go well debt it- solved- what it does, though, is it sort of like scratches that itch that Robert was just talking about, right? It's like yeah. saying by by fixing the dang debt, like you know, by doing that thing, totally. we're we're building that tree for our kids. And even and this is the thing that I think people don't realize enough, like the people that espouse that stuff, either believe it, one, probably not. Or they're able to lie to themselves so that they can say that they believe it and stand for it. Uh, so, so essentially, they can kind of convince themselves, at least in a kind of kayfabe way, to that they, to that they're, um, they're, they're kind of like giving themselves permission to act like a bunch of like, like essentially like, well, well it's either fix the dang debt or like you know give poor people health care or whatever. Right. Well, like that's, I think, yeah, I was going to push back, but I think you, you kind of said it like though people convince themselves to believe it. Like the human mind is like amazing at adaptation. It's amazing at like finding like the most comfortable, like worn path and just sitting there. Even if it's like, if, if a better way forward is like possible. That's work, man. The, the human, yeah. The human beings will just sit in their own slop. And, and like, like he's like, oh no, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna not fix it because I'm lazy. No, 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 no. We just gotta fix the dang debt because it's the, the right thing to do. You know, I'm actually right. virtuous. That's why I'm right. not doing a fucking thing. Yeah, it, that, that's it. That's it. I've heard this said by people way smarter than me. Like, first, before we start trying to convince anybody of socialism, like we have to, we have to like get them to like imagine a better world mm-hmm. like we have to get them like you you know i have this talk and i want to talk about this with like covid like later on um but i had this talk with my mom and i'm like you know i kind of understand these trump people who are just like you know i'm more worried about losing work than like catching the virus because the idea of uh, 
the the federal government has given them no other option. Exactly. People like going so and like these people can't even imagine a world where like the government takes payroll taxes out of our check and then the government uses those taxes to give services. Like like we're so fucking beaten down by capitalism. Like yeah. we don't even understand like what why do we even have a government? Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a uh, tax skeptic myself. In that, like, I even like reject that specific framing. Like, the it comes out of the payroll taxes and should pay for stuff. The government can print money. They are mm-hmm. a, a sovereign government. They can print money. I mean, that that's how money works. Yeah, and, the MMT thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not like a full on MMT or. Sure. Um, I haven't like, like I don't draw all the conclusions. I actually think that you can draw more radical conclusions from, but. The funniest thing about like the sort of MMT premises is nobody really disagrees with them. I mean, mm-hmm. you can you can find stuff like re- recordings of Alan Greenspan saying like, yeah, no, I mean, we don't like taxes don't pay for stuff. That's not how this works. Right. <laughs> and it's like, what well, then? But we've all been taught that very specific lie. And it has become I don't know. I mean, I, I think I think there's an argument that I mean, like, I think you're like, I, I agree with you, but I think you're just going too. I think you're just going too far. Like you're going too deep down the, the, down the hole. Like people, like people we can talk to who are alive right now, they can't even imagine a world. Like, do you like where public school, like primary education didn't exist. Like that world is like unimaginable to them. Yeah. And like, there was a time where like public school education did not exist. And you couldn't just like send your kids to, to, to um, kindergarten through 12. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, it just, it's not, We've already like we've done K through twelve. We can do four more years. We're not <laughs> yeah. even asking for another twelve. Yeah, We're yeah, yeah. Four. Totally. And I think I think we do badly lack civic imagination and also like you know imagination takes courage. Like you have to be able to publicly say things. And I took a lot of a, a lot of. Uh, are we allowed to swear on this show? That's yeah, fine. It's, it's gonna be on podcast feed. Okay, cool. So I took a lot of shit for. I, I didn't support Andrew Yang. <laughs> I am not an Andrew Yang fan. <laughs> Yang but gang. What I, what I like about Andrew Yang is that he was saying something different and he was just out there just being politically uh, kind of off the, off the standard uh-huh. path a little bit and just saying different weird things. And yeah, talking about um, UBI. I'm not positive that UBI is the as he framed it because he's all about like ubi saves capitalism i'm like well i don't want to save capitalism but uh i do think that people need money to live and certainly conditional ubi in times like a pandemic Mm -hmm. uh is something we should be doing but having somebody out there just saying stuff that was different and i think it very clearly appealed to a lot of people and it appealed to a lot of the same people who otherwise would be the ones being like well actually the debt um you know, it, it filled that gap. It, it scratched that itch. So I think, um, yeah, no, I totally agree with what you're saying, Robert, that we need to cultivate political imagination and the courage to be able to just maybe sometimes be wrong. That's okay. Yeah. Be wrong. Publicly even. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and yeah, I don't want to go into like cancel, cancel culture. Cause I'm super into cancel culture. I think people should totally get canceled for having terrible opinions, uh-huh. but thinking things like let's mess with the debt in this way and see if it works is not the kind of thing you should be canceled. For. No, <laughs> like, no, no. I... my man, Andrew Yang is like, 
like having a hell of a face turn right now. Like every time I see, every time I see a, a blurb of him, he's always like saying the right stuff. Okay. And, Yang is good know, right now, like, especially because he's like reaching out to uh, to Zelina Vega from the WWE and saying like, actually, I do want to make a wrestlers union too, <laughs> which is right. so cool. Right. But I think it too. Yeah, what you're saying is the right stuff. Like the bar is so low, you just have to start from a place of like, you know, to crib Obama. Yes, we can. Mm-hmm. Like you, when you start there. You know, then we can do it. Like, again, I say this all the time on the show, and it's got to get on people's nerves who listen, you know, habitually. It's just like we can kill anybody on any anywhere in the world, like, within within minutes. We can launch bunker-busting Tomahawk missiles and never worry about, like, how much those missiles cost. But, like, to send a kid to school for four years is just, like, somehow we're talking <laughs> utopianism. That's too like, far. Right, too right. Like, we, we, it's just will. It's will. Yeah. And it's just, it's delayed gratification on investment. Yeah, some mm-hmm. arms man, you know, like Honeywell and Raytheon aren't going to get richer immediately, but like we might find the, I don't know, the cure for AIDS because we gave some kid a four-year degree. Yeah. Like, for med school. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, and it's not a lack of resources. I mean, it's not like we're saying give diamonds to all the children. No, no but houses would be good. Diamonds and, like, for food. All the children. But we, we could, we, yeah, we, there's enough food. There are enough books there's enough. Uh, there are enough people who can be teachers. There are enough people who can be nurses and doctors who otherwise are not because they don't have. You know, how many people would have gone to a, get an associate's degree in nursing who straight up couldn't afford to? It's not that they couldn't afford community college, though sometimes that's true. But often they can't afford to not work long enough to get yeah. those kinds of degrees, and that's as much an issue as anything else. So it, mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh my but, god, you're hitting you're hitting you're hitting the spot. Like I was talking today to my wife; she's really into the Masked Singer, and like the, into what that show, The Masked Singer. Oh, okay, okay. Like Mardi Gras costumes, and they sing, and um, that comedian who was a doctor that Kim Kim Jong guys on there, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And I asked Aaron, I was like, so was that guy a road comedian first? Or, like, what happened? And she's like, oh, he's been a road comedian since 99. And I was like, I, she looked it up for me. I said, wow, it's amazing what you can accomplish because that guy was a doctor first. And, like, you, he didn't have to, he was, like, hitting Maslow's hierarchy and didn't have to worry about where his next meal was coming from. And he could just focus on his craft. Like, if you just have, I know that's kind of a silly example, but if you apply that to anything, you apply that Absolutely. to that that person that wants to go to med school or nursing school or whatever, Absolutely. and they don't have to worry about how their bills are going to get paid. They can devote themselves and, and find their purpose. It's, yeah, it's yeah. not that, it's not that fucking hard. It's no, like, it's not. And, and it's like, I mean, I just know this personally, like I would go back and finish my bachelor's and probably a master's right away. If I could afford to do something with my kid, cause you can't actually just like let the children run free anymore. Or probably ever. I don't. I don't know that it was ever a good idea to let children <laughs> run free. <laughs> I think that might be a little bit of a go on. A, come back in a week yeah, or so. Yeah. Um, though our parents insist that it's true, but I don't know. Yeah. I'd love to look at like you know actual injury rates and death rates of children mm-hmm. in that era. But yeah, I can't afford to not work and to do something with my kids. So it's like that's what co- I could scrounge up the $3,000 a semester for school, but I'd have to keep working to do it. Yeah. Um, and there's only so much stuff that you can do like physically, like including right. like work and including taking care of your, your, your right. kid and like, and all of that stuff, like yeah. at, at the end of it. And like uh, all these 
you know these fucking like fairy tales of uh a, like a like a ceo or whatever is able to work like you know 90 hour weeks or whatever the hell they ain't doing fucking shit they're playing golf right. and they're like you know like sharpening pencils and like sitting in their office right. and yelling at people you know like that's what their that's what their Absolutely. idea of work is Absolutely. And we absolutely have not solved the whole thing of like most of those men have a wife at home who is raising the children. Yeah. And she is not getting paid for her labor because we have, you know, they we got a maiden. Not... They got a whole staff at their house of their CEO. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> but, but, you know, in a lot of families, that is unpaid. You know, I yeah, mean, totally. Sylvia Federici wrote the book on that in what, like 1970? That's like 50 years ago. Yeah. And we haven't Damn. done anything anything to deal with the fact that there is this huge amount that capitalism has decided that housework and caring for children are not work that pays and therefore it's a, it's a very clear homeless. statement of valuation uh, and priorities in the society isn't it yeah it's a it's a very clear prioritization and like again like and and i mean i'm a teacher myself um you know they're like in terms of the kind of the num the amount of hours that goes into that work and the sort of like comparing it to and like I'm not complaining or whatever I mean maybe, maybe actually I am um, but like in terms of like people who have a like who are able to get a job and have a similar type degree like they'd way less teachers are you know mm -hmm. and it's just mm -hmm. sort of like well why is this the case well it's uh, traditionally like largely female field. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of sort of like this idea of, and, and, and this is something that drives me crazy. There is like this reflexive like accommodation uh, to whatever the schools and whatever the school district or your principal or whoever is trying to tell you to do because that's sort of like the dynamic that you have uh, in that like social playing field. You know what I mean? And that's sort of like the understood um, name of the game. So essentially, uh, and, and a lot of these teachers just to kind of like go on uh, to another step, you know, their parents themselves, who you know, mm -hmm. who uh, it's just it's just so mind blowing how like okay. like it spins into so many different things. And if, as we've seen during COVID, uh, you know, education is just childcare. Yeah, it's we just, have learned that it is exclusively childcare, so that people can work. And Jefferson it is nothing Parish, else. It is only and I don't know if they're doing this in like Lafayette or if they're doing this in in Saint, in, you know, Saint Bernard, Saint Tammany, Orleans, whatever. They're still doing uh, valuations and stuff like that. And I'm just like, are you fucking crazy? Are you fucking yeah. crazy? You're telling yeah. teachers that they have to go, like, literally into a biohazard zone with children and like like manage that entire situation and also you're going to be like taking you're going to be taking like put them in at the at the you know company evaluation at the end of the year are you fucking trying to get teachers to quit and i think the answer to that is yes yeah yeah because if they get enough <laughs> teachers to quit they can um say well we were forced actually to go to a charter model yeah or teach for america or whatever i don't know oh, right right right. sorry they i'm definitely that. like spinning off into a bunch of things and having a weird stream of consciousness so. well it's all related i uh -huh. mean that's the thing like every single piece of this is all mm -hmm. connected and and it i really think that covid has sort of ripped the ripped the veil off it's so it clear sudden, it's like oh my god like all that stuff you were saying is real mm -hmm. 
Like I was just running my mouth before. I didn't think I was right. (laughs) (laughs) One one of the things that I noticed too, and like, like I've said this before on the show, but like, um, we had educators go up to the state Capitol. Uh, Jamal was one of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we talked about like what teeth, like when they were talking about doing the, um, I think it's act nine now, the one that that's essentially like immunity for the school districts and the schools for, uh, for if you get like COVID at school and basically it was just like like blanket immunity for the, for the schools and school systems, uh, which basically means they can just force us back to school. And we're just hoping that they don't, you know, we're basically putting it on their like good feelings and good intentions that they won't fuck us over. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I don't trust that. Like it, even with within people I like, but anyway, like, like we, we would go up there and, and we would talk about, I, I at least I'll talk for myself. Uh, we talk about like all of the things that would need to be sort of w- would need to be done according to like the superintendent's BS plan with all the clip art, um, and and like all of the things that would have to happen if they did this to us, and they would just like nod and be like, okay, passed, you know, in the education committee. They don't give a fuck what any of us have to say. Because there are no consequences. There are no consequences for those people. They're because literally voting no consequences them, for themselves. Yeah, yeah. And and but every one of them only holds their job because of abortion. Yeah. And racism. And that's it. Literally in Katrina ultimately. Jackson's literally in Katrina Jackson's. Oh case. man. Seriously. Who's on that committee? Woo, she is. Something else. So bad. And it's like you know, it's funny, I actually like I have really kind of mixed feelings about the idea of pro-life Democrats and like, should they be allowed to run on the party line? And, and it's like, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess they have, like, I'm glad John Bell Edwards is our governor right now right. and not Eddie Rispone. But at the same <laughs> right. time, it's like, can we please like, not only throw Katrina Jackson out of the party, but like to the moon. Yeah. Like, well, he can well, go found the moon colony. This is enough of this. Well, the I thing with, kind of with a, the thing I with kind of with that too that. is like there's this. I think it's a reality that is spun out of whole cloth. This sort of like assumed, like there is no possible way. Like it's a concession based on like it, it, it's not just a concession to politics. It's a concession to some kind of like force of nature. The idea that the that like Louisiana in the south is like anti-union and abortion reigns supreme here. And like I hear people that I respect just say that as though it's the tides. And I'm just like, well, if you're so if essentially if you don't make if you don't fight this battle if you've already surrendered basing on the fact that it's like a force of fucking gravity or something like that then you're never going to even fight it you know like you you, you're putting this in your brain and 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 oriented in such a way that it's so powerful that it cannot possibly be defeated it'd be like punching out god you know yeah 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 yeah. no robert what what were you gonna say i don't want to say like no you're you're fine um I don't know. I, I'm I'm gonna keep saying this until like somebody important picks it up and runs with it. I think that's like a, being a pro-life Democrat, which I am. I am not, but <laughs> I think that's like a that's a needle that can be threaded. 
Uh-huh. And I think it's 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 actually kind of easy. So anybody, even John Bell Edwards, like I would say, like if I had a convo with him and it was about like him being a pro-life Democrat, I'd say, well, if you're a pro-life Democrat, like can we start from the can we start from the um, the premise of our first principle is if we could if you could snap your finger and outlaw abortion tomorrow, that wouldn't stop all abortions, right? Okay, because that that's just the honest truth of what would happen. Mm-hmm. So the best way, if you want to be pro-life and you want to decrease the amount of abortions in America, would be to have comprehensive health care and comprehensive self, uh, um, sex education. Mm-hmm. Give away condoms, IUDs, you know, birth control, Plan B, like no, no, easy, accessible, and then that will significantly reduce the amount of abortions. Mm-hmm. And so that's and so that's how you can be a pro-life Democrat. As will just materially improving people's lives. I mean, absolutely. I just think of like all the people I know who, you know, a major reason they had an abortion was because they couldn't afford to have a baby. Mm -hmm. And like, and I actually think that there's a problem on the, on the, uh, pro choice side where we sort of default to like, well, we have to have, you know, full abortion access because people are too poor. And it's like, ah, let's not accept the premise that people are too poor and therefore like, because people are too poor and you won't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Like don't ever leave that nice. hanging because it is really important that a lot of women and, and pregnant people mm-hmm. um, of all everywhere on the gender spectrum. Well, that's the same kind of assumption that I was talking about. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. You, I didn't mean to interrupt yeah, you. No, but... totally. Totally. Like people want to, people want to carry pregnancies to term mm-hmm. and cannot because of their material conditions. Mm -hmm. So we have done very little. And, you know, there is a very small faction of, you know, sort of Catholic worker types um, who are absolutely like, yeah, totally. All the, all the pregnancy prevention we can Mm do all the, you know, take care of every baby with immediate healthcare and all that, make Mm -hmm. sure everybody's fed, make sure everybody has jobs. And that's how we're going to get rid of abortion. They're just so rare. There aren't very many of those people. Yeah, yeah. No, 100%. Like, even if you, it's to the point where, like, even if you have me, maybe this is like a different subject, but like, even if you have means, like, don't ask me to have a child and then bring them into a dead, dying world. Like, fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to, I don't, you know, and I've, I, I've had this conversation with my parents. Like, my mom finally, she stopped asking me about grandkids because I'm like, this world is fucking dying. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my cat had three kittens, and I'm like very worried that uh, <laughs> we brought those kittens into this dead, dying world. <laughs> like, oh no, How they're adorable the though. Live, they're like, cute though. Ten, fifteen years, you'll be, you'll be all right. We, we got ten, fifteen years of that's of good before this season. Y'all are oil. you're so optimistic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Oh my gosh! So uh, I guess we're gonna wind it down. But uh, anything y'all want to say on the way out? Uh, this kind of was like a, a little bit, kind of like a freestyle. I liked it. Just kind of chopped it yeah, up. But anybody want to say on the way yeah, out? We just followed the path, man. Yeah, I kind of do. Um, I, I'll run. I kind of want to talk about like COVID for like a hot minute since I had. COVID. Dude, I can't hear you. Oh, can you hear me now? Eat the microphone. Can... Hello, hello, hello. There you are. I can hear him. You can hear me. Yeah. Jeff, your internet might be dead. No, no, no. It's just that you're really low oh. again. I'm still I'm still low? Yeah. That's all the way up Now you're clipping. No, that's terrible. Now you're clipping. Now you're clipping. I thought I'm clipping. We'll have to now? figure this out. I'll, I'll edit it out in post. That's fine. How about now? 
be- better, but I don't know. We'll have to figure out what this issue is. It's still low. It's still low. But good. Just just say what you're gonna what say. I'm sorry. Fuck? That's weird. Um, no, I was gonna say. Um, so the here in New Orleans, like really quick. All right, all right. Well, uh, you're clipping again. God damn. Actually, just never mind. I guess we'll just. <laughs> sorry, we'll, man. We'll do it some other time. I don't know why. I'm tired. Yeah. Well, well, well let's not problem. fix levels in the middle of a show. We'll just we'll just yeah, solve it. Now I can't even hear you. Yeah, now he went away. Up until re- up until like just that last sentence, you two were the same volume to me. That's weird. That's oh really? Sorry. Let's just let's just end it. We'll go with Thursday or next week for what I wanted to do. All It'll right. Still be relevant if you can hear me. Now I can. All right. Don't worry about it. We'll just go next week. It'll still be relevant. All right. Sorry. I'm not no, trying to be like the guy. Anyway. I'm tired. I'm exhausted anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Megan, for for coming on thanks GMC. Like, you should fun. definitely come back and like. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, talk, I guess maybe if you want to shout out a plug to DSA Swilla. Uh, that would yeah. Be dope. So, um, Southwest Louisiana DSA is uh, we're doing cool things right now. We're um, we've got a uh, every other week. Uh, pop-up free store in Lafayette and we're also mm. we've actually partnered with somebody to do a brick and mortar sort of permanent free store in a very tiny town um, in kind of halfway between Lafayette and Lake Charles mm-hmm. uh, that was hit really badly by both hurricanes like it just happened to be in the kind of crossover path that took them both and it's a town that's um, I think the town itself is not a majority uh, BIPOC but I think that greater sort of area is mm-hmm. um so we are putting in a uh you know it's like dirt cheap to mm-hmm. rent space there right it's the massive storefront that we're getting for a couple hundred bucks a month so we're putting in a free store um nice. which will be open a couple times a week for folks in that community who are absolutely just hurricane ravaged so if you want to um help with any of this stuff whether it's material assistance or financial assistance or you know, sometimes we actually just need uh, some folks to do, like, internet research. You know, find us cheap prices on deodorant or whatever. If you're into that kind of thing, mm-hmm. reach out, and we'll uh, put you to work somehow. So. Hell yeah. Yeah. And where can you uh, reach out? What's a good way to get in contact? Yeah. So uh, on Facebook, if you just search DSASWLA, mm-hmm. um, or on Twitter, at DSASWLA. Yeah. And, and I think we're we're on Instagram too, but I forget whether which order it goes in. There's the Down Syndrome Association of Southwest Louisiana, and oh, us. Yeah. We like go back and forth. Like somebody has the one, and somebody has the other. And <laughs> I don't know. But look for a DSA SWLA on Instagram, and Hell it's yeah. either if it's like a bunch of like Down Syndrome awareness stuff, that's them. But you should follow them too. They're great. Um, but also, yeah. <laughs> we're the other one. Yeah, all the DSAs uh, of South SWLA are good. Uh, cool. Yeah. yeah. And thanks so much for uh, listening. You could uh, follow Good Morning Comrade on Twitter at Comrade Morning. You can follow me on Twitter at Eminent Prof. Uh, you want to shout yours out? I'm Megan Romer. Megan Romer. R-O-M-E-R. Just the name. And uh, yeah, you can listen to Good Morning Comrade every Tuesday on WHIV. And we also have Thursday podcast releases. Uh, and yeah, thanks so much. We should talk more about SW, uh, Southwest Louisiana next time. That was, that's like really like like DSA Swilla because... Uh, I don't know. It's just 
y'all are doing some cool work in a place that is not easy to organize. And it's also like such a big, broad area. <laughs> it's huge. LA is not like, defined. Like our, yeah, yeah. Our um, geographical area is like the size of the state of Connecticut, which, you know, like for people who are from the Northeast, they're like, Connecticut is really small. It's like, well, it's big enough to have a bunch of cities yeah. and like and when ain't three enough... DSA chapters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, thanks uh, for listening, everybody. Uh, see you on Tuesday. Love you. Bye. 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 <laughs> yeah.